for you. But first, our top story takes us to the U.S.-Mexico border, where cargo theft is starting to become a much more serious issue as more freight crosses the border. Noe Mahoney is here to tell us all about it. Noe, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Great to have you as always, Noy. We're going to go through your Borderlands article this morning, starting off with some new numbers around cargo theft and the trends that are changing going on there. What can you tell us about where some of that value has really shifted in those border states? Yeah, that's right. As more manufacturers leave Asia and move to places like Mexico, Canada, or regions along the border, uh, trade experts said cargo thieves are also changing their patterns and methods. Uh, as supply chain shifts, sometimes as supply chain shift from the West Coast to ports of entry such as uh, Laredo, Texas, Nogales, Arizona, and Ote Mesa, California, uh, cargo thieves take note of these, you know, shifting supply chain patterns and start and are starting to target, you know, more loads moving through those locations. And as we start to see the shift and the trends, are we also seeing shifts in the technological advancements in the theft as well? Are we starting to see a more sophisticated thief? Yeah, that was one of the interesting things. I spoke with Carl Fillauer from Circle Logistics, and he said that um, cargo theft involving fraud has uh, been on the rise, and fraud such as um, spoofing, uh, creating fake domains, you know, of actual companies, you know. Uh, cargo thieves pretending to be actual brokerages or carriers, as well as using technology that uh, spoofs or throws off uh, truck tracking devices. So the level of technology is increasing. And one of the th interesting things that Carl told me was that um, a lot of these cargo thieves, uh, they're part of overseas gangs. So we're seeing sort of larger criminal elements uh, really targeting cargo theft, you know, in the United States. So that was very interesting. So, Noe, obviously there's been, with the implement of reshoring, there's been kind of a big time shift about the goods that are coming across the Mexican border, right? Before we saw a ton of produce, and of course Mexico's still a mass massive produce producer, but now we're seeing things like microchips and things like auto parts that are valued a little bit more than just produce, right? And is that why one of those reasons we're seeing some of those uh, thieves start to target the southern border as well? Yeah, that's right. We're seeing more, uh, you know, expensive stuff come across the board, but also more uh, furniture, uh, clothing, uh, household goods. You know, those are things that we used to really rely on China and Asian countries for. But as supply chains shift, more manufacturers are looking for, you know, producers closer to the United States and Mexico or Canada. So, like I said, so we're seeing uh, more household goods, you know, from Mexico to the U.S. and that is always a major target of uh, cargo thieves because those kinds of items are easy to, well, not easy to steal, but they're easy to steal and uh, easier to find customers for than maybe, you know, if you're stealing a truck full of auto parts or medical supplies, household goods are usually easier to put on the market. And Noe, before we shift to our next story, are you also, do you have any insights as to the theft activity happening and the northern area, talking about the U.S.-Canada border, is that active at all? It's a little slower. It's, it's, it's very unusual to me that uh, I think uh, uh, CargoNet reported that there was a 566 um, cargo theft incidents in the U.S. and Canada, and the vast majority of, it, of that 566, I think like 490 of those were in the U.S., and you know 26 were in Canada during the second quarter. Um, I'm not sure why 
maybe it's just not as wide. You know, these companies such as CargoNet um, depend on companies to self-report cargo theft activity. So maybe it's the case that in Canada, it's not as uh, widely self-reported as it is sometimes here in the U.S. and Mexico. Uh, so the numbers aren't quite as high as Mexico and the U.S., and most of the cargo theft is centered around the Toronto region, which is, as you know, a very uh, big trucking region. So, Noe, final question about our theft topic here this morning. When we're looking at what can, what's being done to kind of deter some of these thieves, obviously, of course, we can talk about the DPS inspections that were being done in Texas and, of course, the um, concerns about the Mexican drivers and the Mexican logistics companies with their own issues of cargo theft happening, not necessarily at the border, but all throughout Mexico. Are we going to need to see maybe some cross-country collaborative effort to really kind of combat this problem? Or is it something that's it's never going to go away? It almost feels like cockroaches, right? Like you stamp out one and another instance pops up. Uh, well, I think that's a, a great subject, what can be done, you know, across countries. And I think there should be more collaboration between, you know, U.S. shippers, Mexican carriers, uh, 3PLs, uh, you know, uh, third-party logistics providers to sort of maybe form some kind of coalition to uh, fight this problem or, 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 or push back against cargo thieves. Uh, Carl Philauer said, you know, sometimes it's simple stuff such as when a truck driver and a arrives at a, you know, a logistics center, check his ID, make sure he is who he says he is, you know, check the, the truck, make sure the, the DOT number matches. He said sometimes just the simplest things like that uh, that can really, uh, you know, start to catch thieves. Okay. So sometimes the simple, simple steps such as that, but also I believe, as you mentioned, we need broader collaboration between countries to really uh, root out this problem. That collaboration, I'm sure, will be a huge aspect there. Noit, when we're looking at other activity going on, can you tell us about this new cold storage facility happening in Texas? The other interesting thing that popped up late last week was this company called Rio Cold uh, announced that they're building a 310,000-square-foot cold storage facility uh, in a town called Lockhart, which is just outside of Austin. Uh, and... The reasoning uh, was that uh, they said that Central Texas is growing right now. There's about, I think, about six million people in the Central Texas region, and they see this as a great opportunity to uh, capitalize on, you know, all the produce and uh, frozen foods that are moving through the region. Uh, this company, Real Cold, is also building sort of a sister facility in Lakeland, Florida. That one is also, I think, around 300,000 square feet. So they're targeting, you know, fast-growing regions such as uh, Texas and Florida. And Noy, of course, we've talked a lot about the warehouse market and how it's tight on space and expensive to do so. Was this kind of one of their projects was deciding to build versus buy because of that tight space and, and the expensiveness of renting an existing warehouse? Yeah, they didn't say that specifically in their press release they put out, but I think that's a, a, a safe uh, or something we can assume or, or think about. Uh, and, you know, they probably had trouble finding uh, affordable space in Austin. As you guys know, Austin, Texas, the real estate is quite expensive there. And Lockhart, I believe, is 40, 50, maybe 60 miles 
southeast of Austin. So it's not quite in Austin, but they are serving, you know, that that corridor, the Austin, San Antonio, Central Texas region. And and real estate is probably getting so tough to find sort of in Austin that they had to, you know, sort of move out a little bit in the further away, but they were still they're, they're still able to find some space to build this large facility. And of course, there's plenty more detail and stories on your article this morning on fruitwaves.com. Noi, thanks so much for joining us and shedding some light on these topics. Thank you. All right, we're going to go on over to The Wall. We've got our first carrier update of the morning. Thomas Watson is here with Johnny Gilbert.